He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. As athletes, we've grown to have thick skin. But just imagine everybody believing something about you that isn't true. Welcome to the rematch. Generally, when we do this intro, it's kind of a reflective piece after the fact, after I've already done the actual interview. But this one we're doing a little bit differently. I'm going to be interviewing Charles Oakley in about a week, and I really don't know what he's going to say or how it's going to go, but I'm really intrigued by the entire thing. Um, you, you, remember, you see the whole scene, Oakley being surrounded by the policeman in the middle of Madison Square Garden, with them dragging him out from his seat and him pushing the different policemen. And you see Dolan down there, you know, like a, a, a few feet away. But just seeing that image all of the policemen surrounding Oakley, the NYPD coming and dragging him out. You know, after a city that is just still dealing with Eric Gardner and that image of all the police around him, it definitely hit a nerve for me all around. So I I, I definitely want him to be able to tell a story because sometimes it's, you know, character assassination. Let me read a statement that he made. This is Dolan, and he told the New York Post's uh, Mike Vaccaro this. Um, I think this is the next day. I'm sure he has problems. When you're fighting addiction, it's not that much different from fighting anger management or other diseases where you can't control yourself. The first step is to turn that around for yourself, is admitting you have a problem. And then from there, you can begin to take the steps to take control back in your life. I'm very familiar with this. When you're an alcoholic, I've never met an alcoholic who, while he was actively using, say, I drank too much. They never say that. It isn't until the consequences of their own behavior catch up and there's someone beside them that they can begin to see that they have to take control of this. Imagine somebody, you know, your kids reading that about you that your former boss said publicly. Imagine how you would feel. The Knicks made a press statement afterwards saying, you know, I hope he gets the help he needs. And that was kind of, you know, that kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. You know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, LeBron invited him to, to come to the Cleveland game. We gave him tickets and you saw a lot of players make statements like D. Wade made a statement and something like that. Like you just don't treat somebody of Oakley's caliber that way. And, you know, and, and everybody's asking questions. So I really wanted to push for this interview to happen because I feel that that's the whole point of the rematch is to be able to allow people who have had their their character assassinated to be able to present a different light that maybe people have not heard. A lot of people really want to hear what he has to say. So I'm really, you know, thankful for the Players Tribune to for giving him this platform to be able to tell his side of the story. Hopefully what happened in the garden was be another movement for younger players to see that you know, we got to stay together and stay strong and, you know, no matter how much money we make, we got to get all this nonsense out of life. Not just for basketball players, for the kids growing up in the inner city. And we seeing what's going on with people with wearing a suit to a game and watch a game, paying for a ticket. If, if it's bad in the garden, you know the streets is bad. 
Born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, he attended John Hay High School and Virginia Union University, an HBCU in Richmond, Virginia. In September 2016, a portion of Deering Street in Oakley's hometown of Cleveland, near his alma mater of John Hay High School, renamed Charles Oakley Way in his honor. In the NBA, he was the backbone for the New York Knicks for many, many years, powering the Knicks to 10 consecutive playoff appearances between 1988 and 1998. Due to his durability, he actually placed in the top 10 in total rebounds six times and led the league in total rebounds twice in 1987 and 1988. In 1994, he became an NBA All-Star and was chosen to the league's all-defense first team. He currently ranks 18th all-time in the NBA and 21st all-time in career rebounds with 12,205 rebounds. His toughness, hard hat, and lunch pail gritty New York style is why all of New York loved him. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Charles Oakley. How you doing, Oak? Good. Thanks for the intro. Oh, man. You know, <laughs> we, you know, we try to show respect here. You know, you have always been beloved by all of New York. I mean, you are the epitome of the fan favorite. You know, I was young listening to my grandfather and his army buddies talk about your heart and your dedication and, you know, how you represented New York and your passion. And I remember one time they're bragging about how you were playing like with a broken face. I just remember him. He kept saying that he was like his cheekbone was broken and he was still playing. You know, I mean, as far as true New Yorkers, you know, I don't know if anyone besides maybe like Derek Jeter or somebody is is loved as much as you are. Talk about your true New York fans. Well, just New York. I mean, like I said, the fans is so just, you know, loving. And if you come and do your job and be a professional and, you know, just show them that, you know, I'm going to work every day, no matter what the situation is. I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to show you what's inside of me as a person on the court. And you're paying your money to come and see you on a daily basis. And, you know, the fans just took a liking to me, and I guess they understood that what I was putting in every day, I wasn't shortchanging them. I was going to work with that <laughs> with that lunch pail and um, just just giving it all every game. You know, you don't win every game, but you show the fans that you can play hard and be disciplined and play with consistency. Right, right. And I remember one of the things my grandfather would always brag about with you is the, the business, uh, the car wash business. Right. Um, he, he just had such a pride about that. And talk about how you got into the car wash business and, and what you did with it. Well, basically, you know, I was growing up in, in the city of Cleveland, and a lot of my friends had little car washes. And in Chicago, I didn't get nothing established. But in New York, I got there and just mingling around the city. And one day I went to this gas station. I seen, met this guy right down the block from me. And... um he had a, him and his dad had an Exxon gas station, and we were just talking. Like, we need to just, you know, maybe we need to go in business one day and get a car wash. He was talking about a car wash. I said, yeah, you know, bring it to me, and I'll just see what happened. And we started there. We started in the Bronx. Then we went to Riverdale. Then we went to uh, Yonkers and Long Island. So, we got, you know, three or four car washes, Brooklyn. And uh, we, we had a good run. We still have, to, you know, two of them up and uh, running today. That's great. That's great. And I want to ask you about Oak in the Kitchen. You hosted your own unique cooking show, right. uh, Cafe Oakley. Uh, you went on to open um, Red, uh, the steakhouse in Cleveland, Fire. and another location in South Beach, Florida. Right. And you have displayed your culinary skills on several cooking competition shows, including Chop Tournament of the Stars. I mean, that's really impressive, Oak. Right. When did this passion for cooking start? <laughs> well, the passion was there once I got to the lead, and I think that uh, 
you know, once you get them road trips and then you come home, you like, I still have to go out and eat. So I was like, wow, let me just start learn how to make some nice dishes, invite the guys over, you know, so we can just, you know, be more team unit. And uh, I just invite the guys over either Monday night football, either Thursday night football. And then when we travel to, oh, like, you know, away games, I just like bring like sandwiches for the team, like make meatloaf or make tuna and just have, you know, some on the way to the plane while you're driving. So if you eat before you get to the plane, you might not want what's on the plane because I'm real picky, so I didn't eat too much on the plane. Right. I didn't do it in D.C. a lot because everybody was more younger. Yeah, I remember uh, being young with the Wizards, and I remember seeing you sending plates back a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm real picky, so I do that. A lot of people, like, they, they get on me, but, you know, when you understand what you put in your mouth and you know what it should be in your mouth and – when you take my order, I expect that my order to be right. When you, when you ask me what my order, I give you my order. You and know, and so. you, have a, you have a cookbook coming out. Yeah, I have a cookbook. I've been working on it last year. It should have been out last December, but it got slowed down. The girl I was working with uh, had some family problems, so we pushed it back. But now we're back in gear, and hopefully it'll be out before this uh, Thanksgiving. So so we're here in Vegas. Um, you know, I'm trying out for the for the big three, and right. you're one of the coaches. Right. And you know, that's a whole different role. Right. You know, being a coach. And right. I I saw Ice Cube. He uh, made the statement. He said Charles Oakley is an NBA legend who deserves and has earned respect, and will get just that in our league. Right. What, what what did that feel having Ice Cube say that about you, and um, and really want to pull you in as a coach in in this new endeavor of his? Well, you know, you look at Ice Cube. His history. I mean, it's great for him to say that. You look at him. His line. Type of work he had done on his career, coming from NWA, music producer, actor, and, and then getting engaged with the big three, with athletes, and you know people he watched when he's growing up um, in LA. He's a Lego fans, he's a Raiders fans, so he got a good IQ for sports. And I was, it was just great for them when they called me. And I have a guy like Ice Cube, you know, he at the top of his game. He's making ways, you know, he's giving a lot of people opportunity to grow their life and. Uh, I respect the man. I mean, you're you're really respected, and one of the things that you you see, especially from younger players, is the outpouring of support that you received after everything that happened recently. So, I mean, you have D Wade who said, ten years, ten years, Oak gave everything he had for this organization, and the image everyone will be left with won't be this picture. It will be the image of him being taken down to the ground last night in the same arena he gave his all to as a player by the guards. This could happen to any of us, stay woke. And LeBron James, he called you and he was outraged, right? And he invited you to come to the game. So that level of support that you get from young, I mean, when I saw you in, in at, during All-Star Weekend, I mean, I would just came from, you know, being on Michael Rappaport's show and Kenya Martin's show, I think it was called NBA Tune In, mm. and I was talking about the incident. And he actually gave me this shirt that right. I'm wearing right now. Right. Um, and so you have this level of support and respect from the league. Um, is it something that you was surprised to see that level of support pour out? Well, no. Um, I'm surprised, but my thing is, the key to my career, I've been consistent with everything I've done with people, especially with players, fans, you know, give them the attention, you know, I know sometimes people say, well, it ain't the right moment, but sometimes you got to make the right moment because these people who pay their money, these are the people who cheer for you, vote for you all-star, and just a little thing. All they want is an autograph, a picture. I mean, I try to do that 110% of the time if I can. Um, for the support from the younger guys in the league, my thing is when I was in this league, I had some veterans show me how to do things, and I took the league from them, and I passed it on because – in Chicago, New York, Washington, Toronto, wherever I went, I try to show these guys 
you know, even though I'm not the best player or the greatest athlete to play the game, I understand. I can teach, and I'm a leader. Every guy I played with, Michael, Patrick, and Vince, I think I made them better. They didn't make me better because of what, what I did on the floor. They were the better athletes. They got all the, they got all the press, but they ain't always the guy who make people better. It's the little guy, it's the mechanic, the janitor, the, you know, the people who do the things. Then later in life, people come back and say, you did this for me in class. You told me something that stuck with me. That's important in life. You know, people say I have an attitude, I'm going to keep attitude because some people have attitude. You can't come across to people. I can come across to people because I'm consistent in what I do. Like you said, people who spoke up this situation, the younger guys, when they see me, I give them, go talk to them, embrace them, you know, let them know they're special. You know, so I treat everybody with an utmost respect. So this is what was reported. So to, to, to clear up everything, this is what was reported. On, on February 8th, 2017, um, Oakley was involved in an altercation at Madison Square Garden as the Knicks faced the visiting Los Angeles Clippers. According to the Knicks, Oakley was ejected from the arena after he is alleged to have yelled at James Dolan, the executive chairman of Madison Square Garden and MSG Networks, and refused to stop, an allegation he denies. He was charged with three counts of misdemeanor assault and criminal trespassing. In a statement, the Knicks stated that Oakley came to the game tonight and behaved in a highly inappropriate and completely abusive manner. He has been ejected and is currently being arrested by the New York City Police Department. Now, in response, Oakley claimed that he sat down in his seat and he saw the Knicks owner, James Dolan, look at him. And within four minutes, he was being asked to leave the arena. He says that he didn't become combative until he was asked to leave for no apparent reason. While admitting I shouldn't have put my hands on anyone, Oakley disputed the Knicks' rendition of events. In an interview with ESPN's The Undefeated, which reported that Oakley says he never said a word to Dolan and was minding his own business when he was confronted by Madison Square Garden security, who asked why he was sitting so close to Dolan before demanding that he leave the building. So there's so much to unpack here. I mean, if you have your own ticket, right. whether you bought the ticket or somebody gave the ticket right. to you, that is not trespassing. I mean, you have every right. right to be there. Right. All rights. I mean, what happened in New York, total disrespect. Um, something happened all drawn out the wrong way. I'm taking pictures, waving at the people. Next thing I know, seven, eight guys walking up on me for no reason. I mean, I went to my right to my seat and didn't move until they came and started trying to throw me out. Right. I don't know why. I, I, did not, I did not yell at this guy. I don't know why he keeps saying that. He even said that in the meeting. I said, man, I told you know, I was on the phone with Michael and the commissioner. I did not yell at this man. This man, is, he's, he's lying on me. And, and this wasn't the first time that Dolan this, attempted to have you escorted no, out, right? The year before, he walked up to me with four security guards again on the opposite side of the court. And had, you know, the guy who came and told me, my boss told me, you can't walk around the garden. And I told him, I only go where my ticket allowed me to go. Right. I was like, what's the problem? He said, I'm just doing what my boss told me to do. I bought my own tickets. I can have proof. And this guy sending guards to me. They followed me to the bathroom. They followed you to the bathroom? Followed me to the bathroom. Now, now let, let me ask you, because this is a, a, another question that people have, is where does this beef between you and Dolan stem from? I mean, you know, it, it, there's been reports that it's only because you were critical of some of the decisions of the Knicks organization, you know, whether he was talking to reporters, but that, that can't be it. That can't be yes. the only 
That's all? That's all I know. He, when we was in the meeting, he brought some articles. Like, you know, I have a feelings too. I said, okay, well, you, if you that sensitive, okay, well, I'm sorry about I mean, my thing I always say was I answered the question when somebody asked me. And I said, what's somebody walking down? It's, it's going to be something in the paper tomorrow you don't like about somebody. What you going to do? You gonna wow. You're going to call them uh, alcoholic. You, you know, you're going to call them a drunk. Uh, you know, he just just have no filter on what he wanted to say about people. I mean, yeah, I said, I told you, yeah, I mean, I said some things in the paper about you. I mean, okay, well, I, I try, you wouldn't shake my hands in New Orleans. I tried to shake his hand in New Orleans. He wouldn't shake my hand. But there's nothing wrong with saying anything bad about the team. I mean, I, I have, I have, a, I have. A but he's sensitive like that. But you know? but I look at it for myself. I have a radio show every Thursday, right in DC. Right. And we 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 criticize the Wizards. We we talk good about the Wizards. I mean, we talk good about their is. decisions, bad, both. But I couldn't imagine going to the Verizon Center and having. Ted Leonsis sends security guards to escort me out of the Verizon Center. I mean, that you just don't. And this is my issue: you don't treat somebody like that. Well, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, especially not Charles Oakley, but you don't treat any former player. But like my that. thing is, I've seen some report saying while well, I'm walking down the steps, one of the guys saying, "Oh, oh it's gonna be trouble tonight." I mean, before I even get to my seat, why, why y'all, you know, got the spotlight on me? I'm coming to watch the game. I was there five minutes and all this happened, and they trying to say I walk in the arena hollering and cussing someone out. I mean, it's embarrassing. I tell everybody, you know, show me the tape. They had a tape on me. Show me the tape. I right. mean, I might have said something. Somebody might have said something to me. I said something back to somebody. Okay, I have a right, you know. I don't know what is this mess about I came in hollering. If I'm hollering, he five rows in front of me. And the security guard 25 yards away from me. So if I'd been hollering, somebody would have been said something about now. And nobody said anything. I didn't even go near this. I didn't know he was there until they walked over there to him. No, I mean, but I'm nobody, no other fans. You know, John, John McEnroe was right there. Yeah. I mean, there was other people all around. And nobody that I've read said, well, Oakley was doing this, this, and this. Nobody has said anything. Because I, wasn't, I was taking pictures and... You know, waved at a few people. I mean, I was on there for five minutes. If I was that bad, somebody would have said something, and somebody would have seen something. And I told the commissioner, he's going to damage the league. See, I would figure that if they did have video, because I'm sure they have security. Yeah, they got security. And I'm sure if they had video that could show you saying something, they would have showed it by now. They don't have nothing. That, that's, and that's why we haven't seen it. They don't have nothing. They said they have something. We're waiting on them to show it. I mean, you know, maybe they'll show it the next time we go to court. But my thing is, if somebody says something to me, if I said something back, okay, well, I have a right. Right. Now, 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 I did not say nothing to him. That's the most important thing. Right. That you didn't say anything to him. Right. How you going to hit me 30 yards away, but don't nobody else hit me? Right. <laughs> that's amazing. Now, now, talk to me about this, the, the meeting. Because this is what, this, what, what was reported on February 13, 2017. NBA legend Michael Jordan and NBA commissioner Adam Silver met with both Dolan and Oakley at NBA headquarters. Oakley and Dolan both apologized for the fallout and both were currently negotiating a truce. Both Mr. Oakley and Mr. Dolan were apologetic about the incident and subsequent uh, comments and their negative impact on the Knicks organization and the NBA, Silver said. The statement says Dolan hopes Oakley can return to MSG as his guest in the near future. On February 14, 2017, and the ban was lifted from Madison Square Garden. Now, okay, I'm reading this, right? And maybe I'm a little cynical. But as I read this, and I thought this was a very well, carefully crafted 
damage control statement by the NBA. You know what I mean? But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everything is is all good now and maybe everything worked out. But the way that they crafted this is like, okay, you know, nothing to see here. Go about your business. Everything is fine. So what, where does everything stand now? It's still at ground zero. Ain't nothing changed. Still had a charge pending. Yeah, we did have a meeting. And um, they tried to bring me back and... You know, put me in half court, wave my hand, everything. It's not okay. Something like this ain't going to never be okay because it, it hurt me. I told him in the meeting, this ain't going to just go away after one meeting. I mean, you dragged me out to the arena. Now you want me to sit beside you. Come on, man. You know, you bring my guys back from ex-NBA players to show on Sunday game, sit beside you like you the king of New York. You're not the king of New York. You know, what you're doing in New York is embarrassing. And what he done to me was embarrassing for the league, the fans, and I think he gonna bring the league down. So, 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 did he he apologize to you? Did he apologize yeah, to you? Yeah, apologize. Okay, to me. did he make a public apology? Because I didn't see no, a public apology. No, that's why I told the commission I want him to public apologize. That's for been in the whole thing on the me, and he haven't done that yet. I told the commission I want the press conference. I mean, all I got out of this was nothing. They got a statement during All-Star Weekend and let, try to tell people it's okay. It's not okay. I'm hurt because everybody keeps telling me to take the high road. It's no high road in here. He just drug me down the road. Right. I mean, how can I take a high road? In this day and age, everybody will say, well, things have changed. Things ain't changed. Right. I mean, my, my people grew up in the South. I mean, I've seen this in the South. I was a kid down there. I mean, still see this in 2017. At a basketball game, someone paid their own money to get the ticket because you want somebody too close to you. I mean, really, if you if you feel like that, stay at home. I mean, owners shouldn't even be sitting on the front rows anyway. You should be up in the press box or somewhere. You know, let people who pay their money join the game. Sell the seats to a fan right. who want to watch the game. Right. No, I agree. I mean, and just the sheer character assassination is the part. So, it, it, you know, whenever anything happens, especially dealing with the police, you know, involving anything like that, the first thing that happens is they demonize the victim. You know what I mean? We saw that with Eric Gardner. It's his fault that, that, that the police choked him. We saw that. I just interviewed Tabo Sofalosha for my, for my upcoming book, and the police broke his leg, and they well, said it was his fault. In this case, you know I, I, mean? I, don't, I don't think the police – I think the police could have been the, the hero of this if they would have just told the police to come over there and tell me to leave. I never had a problem with no police in the state of New York. Never. Mm-hmm. And they always show me respect. So I don't want to throw them on the bus for this situation. It was the security guards for him, his gophers, whoever they are, what they did to make this happen at the moment. Because why do you have to tell this man when I walk in the arena? Why is this? Why everything is me? And I ain't did nothing to no one but gave him my heart and soul in that arena. Right. And no, no, no. I'm not talking about the actual security people. I'm talking about what happened afterwards as far as demonizing you. Or like they demonized Eric Garner, demonized well, Tom Sefalos. I don't think the cops said anything. No, no, no. Not the cops, but the, but the way that the media. So, so I'll, well, I'll yeah, yeah, that's so, so Dolan, he, he told well, the New yes, York Post. Yes. And I'll, I'll read it right. directly when he said, and you know, right. I remember watching the game, and right, right afterwards, he said, you know, uh, this terrible incident has happened with Oakley, and you know, hope he gets the help he needs. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. demonizing. Right. That's well, painting well, it right, to, right, right, right. I'm saying, and that yes, because I, I think they re- released a statement, and the game was still going on. It was still going. I was and, watching and, and the and game when it happened, and they're trying to get a story out, and you know, make themselves look good. I'm the bad guy. I mean, it's just everything they did that whole week, three or four days was wrong. And then the next day, talking about, 
I'm a, I have problem, a drinking problem, right. anger management problem. Then you bring the, all the other guys that, you know who play in the league or play for the Knicks to sit beside you in a game, try to make you look good. And then my thing, I was trying to be a bigger man to give them to me. I shouldn't have even gave them a meeting because they didn't deserve the meeting. Mm. Even though, you know, the commission, yeah, he needed to get a statement off of All-Star Week, you know, to make himself look good and this and that. He don't owe me no favors, but I don't see that he care about the situation. I'm really mad about that. I don't think he care. He was at the game and seen this happen. And really didn't take action. And they called Michael Jordan involved. But, yeah, it's my friend. He went to bat. But I think he should have stayed out of this because down the road, this is going to get ugly. But his name going to be drug in him because they put his face in it. Right. Uh, he wanted to make it right. But, you know, he's the owner. And I'm an I'm a ex-player. He's an ex-player. But he's the owner now. His mind thought is different. But I think it's something going to come out of this going to really Damage the league because the fans been told one thing, but this not happened the way that they're getting it out to the press. Right. And all this going to come back and like, wow, you know, like you sold in this story and I don't see this happening. I'm still going to court. You just slowed down the momentum. But now, you know, it's like basketball. That was the first half, now it's the second half. Mm-hmm. So it's about adjustment. So – Chess, checkers, whatever you want to put it, and this is this is this is a bad thing. Talk about the feeling of having someone disparage your character or character assassination, and for people to understand why that hits such a button. Sometimes people don't understand, like, ah, oh, well, you know, these guys are making millions of dollars. What do they care what people think? You know what I mean? They're, they still got their money. They still got their this. And those are things that you hear from common fans. But what fans don't understand is that, you know, reputation is important. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? The fact that you, you know, that you care what your loved ones um, read about you and hear about you is important. Talk about that aspect, because that's the part that people miss. Yeah. That's a real sad, you know, them statements he made is really, really, really like, wow, that's the goal you show you. He don't care. He's a control freak. Um, I said that in the paper once before. But like I said, all the stuff I asked for through the commission that I gave them to me, I told him I would want to have a press conference for him. This, well, he's a billionaire. He don't do this. He, it ain't about how much money you got. Right. You know what I'm saying? Is that the case? I mean, you somebody had to work for you to build your empire to, for you to be a billionaire. I mean, you just can't disrespect people all your life because you got money. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't even be about money. Mm-hmm. What happened in the garden, it ain't about money. You know, you, yeah, he paid the guy's money to come and sit beside him, but that's what he do. And it's it going to happen again. You know, that's, you know, he got a track record of calling people alcoholic. I think he just did it to a lawyer in New York. They got into it. He said, sell the team. And he said, well, you know, he's an alcoholic. He don't know what, it, you know, whatever. This guy just come from teaching a class at law school. So hopefully that, you know, what happened in the garden was be another movement for younger players to see that, you know, we got to stay together and stay strong. And, you know, no matter how much money we make, we got to get all this nonsense out of life, not just for basketball players, for the kids growing up in the inner city. I know a lot of things go on, but we don't know sometimes the answer for what the kid's doing. But 
we're seeing what's going on with people with wearing a suit to a game and watch a game, paying for a ticket. If if it's bad in the garden and it's for be, you know, twenty dollars people to watch someone perform in the streets, you know, the streets is bad. Right. So I feel sorry for the kids in the street because they don't have a chance. Right. I ain't have. I I play here ten years. It's like working somewhere thirty years. You gonna come back and talk to an ex worker and they gonna throw you out. No respect. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just crazy. It's nonsense. Yeah, well, let me say, much respect to you, uh, much respect for you to take for taking the stand and, for, and really to be able to fight this legally. And, you know, it's something that is going to have to be a continuous fight, but you have to fight for almost your, your humanity, you right. know what I mean? Because that was not a, uh, that was an inhumane way to treat somebody. I mean, people who've seen that, I mean, white, black, Chinese, Mexican, whoever, it's just the support been there and they like, how can this happen? I mean, you played it 10 years. I mean, some people say, you, you could have came in and ran that butt naked. It should have been okay. Right. You know, <laughs> you ain't bothering nobody. Right. You know, it's, it's just part of, like, they people feel like I did that much. You know, I didn't really look at back my history of what I've done and this and that because I always had the love and the fans in New York and people always say, you know, we like your game. You know, I, I respect the people who tell me that because I know I wasn't an A player, but I came to play every night. I brought something to our attitude, something to the game that that's not in the game today. Tough and hard, and just you know, just try to do my job the best I could every night on the floor. And people, you know, really appreciate me for doing that and being consistent. That's the most important thing. Definitely, definitely. Well, much respect to you, and thanks for coming here to talk to us on the rematch. No doubt. All right, peace. This program was written and produced by Carl Scott and myself. With talent production by Lisa Phillips. Production assistance by Sean Cherry and John McDermott. Our engineer was Chris Basil. Our executive producers are Gary Honig, Jessica Robertson, Kevin Johnston, Ryan Duffy, Chris Corcoran, and Jamie Messler. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at AtonThomas36. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Shoot me a message and let me know what you liked, what you didn't like, who'd you like to see on the show. I would love your feedback. The Players Tribune.com.